Welcome to the QAC Team Podcast Series with your host, Charles Luttrell. Our series features leaders and business owners in your community discussing the customer experience, employee satisfaction, and performance improvement. Our series will help share strategic ideas for coaching and mentoring through mystery shopping in a post-pandemic economy. And now here's your host, Charles Luttrell. Good afternoon, listeners. I am here with Chef Aparicio. Good afternoon, Chef. Hey, Carlos, how are you, man? Uh, Carlos here, uh, Chef Bonner, Chingon, Philadelphia. Good afternoon, sir. How you doing? Good, good. 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 Enjoying this beautiful weather. <laughs> I, know <you're, laughs> I know you're busy. I appreciate you taking the time to come on with me. Let's uh, go ahead and get started and tell us who you are and what you do. Absolutely, man. Well, um, you know, as uh, any other uh, member of uh, uh, this uh, beautiful uh, from part, I can't. Nice. Actually, I'm from New York. Um, the first time I came to the United States, it was uh, in 1994. I was uh, super young, 13 years old. Uh, oh, wow. In Brooklyn, New York, 1994. And five years later, I decided to move to Philadelphia. Why? Because I never liked New York for some reason. I was, uh, it was too big of a city for me. And I have some relatives living in Philly, and that's how I. Nice. Um, and you know, as any other um, uh, immigrant who comes to the United States, I work myself up from you know washing dishes and learning to cook to bake. My actually my my forte, it's um, it's bake. Um, I'm a pretty good baker, I guess. <laughs> um, oh, nice. Yeah. So, well, I learned it in New York. You know, as I mentioned, uh-huh. I, work, I work at a Greek bakery, and uh, they taught me how to do from everything, pretty much, from making cookies, making, uh, challah bread, and, and some surekis, what, that's one of the traditional breads for Greek. Um, so they taught me how to make pretty much anything from wedding cakes, cookies, uh, traditional cheesecakes. Uh, and when I decided to move to Philadelphia, I already have a knowledge of, you know, whipping up things and making desserts and things like that. So I ended up working at Budokan mm-hmm. back in uh, 2000. Uh, but yeah, you know, 2000 was a, was a crazy year for a lot of people, uh, mm-hmm. especially for myself. Uh-huh. Um, I guess Philly was transforming into what it is now. A lot of restaurants are opening. You know, back in the day, it was Budokan and Continental. Okay. Pretty much it. Uh-huh. Um, um, you know, I came into the city trying to find my uh, future in this city. And, you know, I worked myself from... You know, being a 
Pesciko Kabudakan, and then you know over the years I did pretty much everything from bossing tables and and running food and learn how to cook and and um, yeah that's what uh that's when my story starts in two thousand and then two thousand that's great so yeah. um you, know, you talk your history about being here in ninety four through two thousand so what made you decide to be a business owner what was that where did that inspiration come from. have our our dream you know when you learn something mm-hmm. obviously it becomes career becomes your you do what do you you know you dreams and your expectations in life you know we don't necessarily as immigrants we don't necessarily have the opportunities to um well we do but we don't we choose not to do them but i i guess it's easy for us to keep learning and pushing ourselves to keep growing in an industry that, you know, life puts you on it. Um, over the years, you know, I, I was, I was lucky enough to uh, get a job at a company and I ended up becoming the uh, corporate chef. And I was at some point I was running uh, 12 restaurants with a company that I work until 2019 I kept I, you busy, didn't it? Twelve restaurants. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Wow. I was running, you know, because my forte was baking, so I was, you know, easy for me to make pizza and pasta. Mm-hmm. So I ended up um uh running this company, uh Savino Hospitality Group from two thousand eleven until two thousand nineteen. In two thousand nineteen I decided to move on because I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted. I was. I, I was tired of. I was tired of, of of having. Honestly, to have a boss and to tell me, "Don't do this. You got to do this, and you got to make. You got to make this." And and I just felt like. All my talents and on all my hard work was just getting, you know, tossed to to the trash can because nobody really. Nobody really understands a uh, 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 chef's mind when they wanted to do things and, and, and our vision. And, and Yeah, I was going to say, it's your creation, right? Your vision. I think every chef inspires to want to give their own, you know, take on what their mind says, what they think a um, plate should look like. I, I like that. Absolutely. And, you know, I guess, you know, different, different chefs, different people have different personalities. And one of the things that has characterizes me is, is my, my, uh, the way, the way I do things, you know, my, uh-huh. my persona, my, my, the way I treat my employees, the way I, I talk to people. I'm, I'm a, I'm a people's person. Uh-huh. I like to talk. Uh, I always, I always tell I always tell my family and friends and people they know me that I'm a bullshitter. Uh, <laughs> I like to I like to talk to people. I you know you know me you know that I' gonna talk to you for twenty minutes. Right, that's uh, great. Yeah, and you know that's my personality, and mm-hmm. and and I feel like every restaurant that I have opened up in the city, I have left my mark. Uh huh. And in these places, you know, because I I I like to 
I, I like to put myself 100%. I like to give myself 100% to a place where, 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 you know, I take pride of what I do and, and the way I do things. Right. Um, yeah, you know, at some point in life, you just, you just wanted to do your own thing because you have so much, you know, you discover you have so much potential. You have so many things that you can share to the world to people and and it's such a wonderful thing that when you achieve something and they try your food and they you know people crave your flavors and what do you do and that's a joy that you get from absolutely you know and and then you use know that you're not an employee anymore you're actually an owner and right you know you know you said it you said it the best i i, I find as i do these interviews and then go visit the places and you know try their food and see their service you, you kind of you tend to see that chef into everything they do you know you you, you feel their inspiration and their plate and their food and the way they do things and i think that's an amazing thing yeah, I mean, this is, you know, that's what I wanted to showcase at Chingon. At Chingon, it's, uh, it's, it's a dream that it, it, didn't, it didn't happen overnight, you know? It never I, does, right? It's never easy, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> right. And you know, it's funny. It's like business, and I always tell this to my chefs and my line cooks and people that I work with before. No matter what you do and the way you plan it, the way you, you thought that it was going to happen two years ago, the business is going to run itself the way the business is going to run. Because at the end of the day, the business becomes alive and the business is going to create his own ambience and his own atmosphere. And, and, right. and everything has to be evolved right. within the business. Right. Absolutely. And we are the chefs and as people, we just are to to accomplish this, to help this business to become alive. Because at the end of the day, if a business doesn't have doesn't have any personality, or doesn't, uh, some people, some businesses are just just dead. You know, so you absolutely. Into- yeah, it's what you what you put into it. It's it's your creativity, you know, and how you want things ran. You know, I like. Hey listeners, QAC team here. We interrupt this podcast to offer business owners an opportunity to take advantage of our free business analysis. We will visit your location to assess food quality, timing, customer service, and cleanliness. From the web, visit QACteam.com and click on free analysis and consultation at the top of the page. While you are there, to sponsor a podcast or be featured, click on Feature Me. For mobile users, select from the menu options. We look forward to helping your business grow. like that yeah yeah so i I know we we talked a little bit that going back to 94 um you've always been into cooking right because you know my next question would be why did you choose your industry you know and have you always been into cooking and and baking and is that was your passion well you know uh, again as um as a young kid when i arrived to new york um you know, we come here to to this to to find a, a living, to to follow a dream, to to 
trying to do find opportunities that we don't have back at home because you know it, it's hard yeah overall and you know we many people come from different countries and different regions of of the planet we we move to places to trying to find ourselves and you know back in the day in 1994 you don't have any relatives or any family member that can support you that can say hey why don't you go back to school and you know i'll pay the bills and you know some people they don't have that luck so it was yeah the opportunity is not there absolutely yeah Yeah, so I, i follow that um it's funny. Um, it's funny the way it works because in Mexico, for you know, for 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 many people, for boys, for for men, we don't see a kitchen as a, as a career. We don't see we don't see ourselves putting you know putting an apron and said. Oh, I'm gonna cook today, and hopefully, I'm gonna learn how to cook. So eventually, this is gonna become my career. You know, we we right. watch we watch our mothers, we watch our grandmothers how to cook, how to the way they they're making their tortillas or meals or breakfast, dinner, and I guess those memories kind of get impregnated on you, and over the time, you know, my my family, my, my grandmother and my mother, they always cook Mexican food. They always feed us something that, you know, now as a chef, as a, as a you know, as a professional in, in, in restaurants and kitchens, I still remember those flavors that, that you know, I wanted, I try to replicate that it will never be replicated because the way my grandmother was cooking or the way my mom was making things, it's, it's never going to be the same because, you know, we, we, we just different people, different tastes, different touches, different. I always tell I always tell my cooks that the, even the way you put salt, it matters. Even the way you, you, you put a grain of salt into a piece of meat and the way you grill it, it's going to matter with the flavor. It's never going to be the same me cooking it or someone else because it always has to be that a specific touch that is specific um and yeah i mean yeah i guess uh life kind of throw me into you know baking i had a you know as a young kid i had to pay my bills i had a i had to you know help my family back in mexico um and yeah life kind of just throw me into learn how to bake and and you know i like it uh, uh, growing growing up in Mexico, my dad had a uh, had a grocery store, and he sold bread. He he sold bread back in the day. There was bakers who came to the store. My dad and uh-huh. you know, my dad would buy their bread so he can sell it piece by piece. And and um, so growing up, I was eating a lot of bread as a kid. <laughs> And we love bread, right? <laughs> uh, we love bread, man. You know, and when I when I started making, you know, all these different kinds of cakes and breads and pastries, I was good at it. I was good That's at great. it. I was just like, you know, when I was probably 15, 17 years, uh, 15, 16 years old, I was running the bakery by myself. You know, oh, wow. I was able to make 
wedding cakes and you know pastries and bread and all those different kinds of baked goods and i'm like oh i'm good at this that's the definition of growing up fast isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so over the years i just kept expanding my knowledge and you know at some point in life you you realize that you need to learn a lot of more things than just the the uh, basics right right so you know the the way i learned was by putting myself and working in different restaurants and different kitchens buying a lot of books if you ever want to borrow some books i have a lot i have plenty of books. Oh, i love to read man i'll take you up <laughs> on that <laughs> Um, and that's how I learned, you know, over the years, you know, I was interested in finding out the way sourdough works or Mm -hmm. the way, uh, uh, you know, quick rice bread works or, you know, slow rising, slow fermenting and everything kind of, once you know the basics and you know the way things work by putting yourself into reading and, and trying to figure out what is it what is behind the chemistry of baking or cooking mm-hmm. that you're capable to understand what a what a marinated does what a what a, a pre-fermenting does what what's curing what's poaching mm-hmm. what's and all these different term terminologies of different you know styles of baking or cooking you know, you just got to click them. You just got to connect them into the actual, you know, scientific way. Um, and then you're throwing a lot of trial and error too, right? <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And, you That's know, the fun part about it, right? <laughs> and, you know, at some point in my life, I was so intrigued by all this, you know, how how is this possible? By putting sugar and eggs and butter and everything works in a different ways and, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I was very, I was very curious always. I was... I was very curious about, you know, what I was able to do and why. So, yeah, over the years, you know, I teach myself. I teach myself and I work. I have a lot of friends who I always was curious enough and I always ask him, hey, why does this work that way? Why this terminology? What, what does it mean? What does it mean to brine something? What does it mean to poach something? What does it mean to... And over the years, you know, you gain all these experiences from different chefs, from different colleagues, from different mm-hmm. friends. And, you know, when... The time came, I was 28 years old when I actually put in my hands a big responsibility and I was able to achieve it. And and that's something very, very special that, you know, I, I helped create the bread program, a park. Uh-huh. Um, it's, a, it's a French bistro in Santa City, uh, very well known. Uh-huh. And... You know, I was, I was able to produce 2,000 pounds of dough by myself every single day. Wow, that's a lot. For the first six months, I was the only baker at a park. And, you know, me working <laughs> and putting myself, making 2,000 pounds, pounds of dough every single day by myself. And you made it happen. I made it happen. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I, I can, can do, do this. I, yeah. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And over the years, you know, it's it's funny the way it works because a lot of a lot of chefs 
they don't have the knowledge of baking. And a lot of bakers don't have the knowledge of cooking. So for me, it's easy to do both. You you were able to kind of get in there and mix both together and just make it go. Yep, yep, yep. That's great. um, The concept you have now, El Chico, that's a... um, that's a fairly new restaurant, right? You've just opened up recently. Yes, we opened on November twenty twenty second, twenty twenty two. November twenty second. I know it was really recent. Yeah, so I know this um, next question might be kind of loaded to pre and and post now, but what kind of challenges did you do you face with? I know you know you, you were doing great as you were coming through your career, but now that you're on your own, you know what kind of challenges are you facing with um, where you're at now? Well, it's, um, again, you know, it's never easy to open up a a restaurant. Uh, I guess the biggest challenges are funding. Yeah, that's a huge one. Funding is one of the biggest expenses that you have. And, you know, you choose to have partners or you choose not to have partners. You you can choose to have investors or you, you can choose not to have investors. Um, so for me, the first thing I wanted to do before I run a restaurant or run a business, I wanted to be owner of the building. That was, ah, okay. that was the first thing that I put in my, on my mind. Mm-hmm. I will never open up a business unless I own the building because mathematically it doesn't make sense for me to pay rent, pay, you know, yeah. Over the course of 10 years, if you pay $5,000 a month, that's got to be a couple million dollars for five years, right? For 10 years. So why would I want to pay rent when I can own the building? That's giving money away to somebody else, right? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. That's smart. And don't get me wrong. A lot of of, uh, landlords, they don't care. They just want to see their money. They don't care if... Something is falling apart. Something is, you know. So I was lucky enough to be able to buy the the building in 2019. And the the biggest challenges that I encounter through the building was, I guess, was uh, it's. I don't want to say, I don't want to say it wrong. I think I wasn't well educated on how to go through all the paperwork. Gotcha. You know, that could be a, that could be a cumbersome challenge in itself, right? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> dealing, oh. dealing with, with, um, utility companies, gas, electricity, water, um, permits through the city. Permits. Right. Oh yeah. my God. Such <laughs> a, such a, and don't get me wrong, I get it. You know, the city is busy, but they're not making it easy for, for people like me. You know, when I, you know, yes, I don't have $10,000 to pay a lawyer so the lawyer can do all this work. You know, we have to figure it out our own. Yeah, I have to figure it out ourselves. And, you know, they don't make it easier and they don't care. And they it's, don't care. Nope. Yeah. Nope. And the second challenge is, you know, the funding. The funding that you know you gotta, you gotta come up with the money. If you don't have investors, you don't have, 
you just got to come up with the money and pay, and it's not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's cheap anymore, is Nothing's cheap anymore, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is so true. Yeah. yeah, and I guess it's 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 hard, you know, for small restaurants, uh, individuals, small restaurants is even harder because, um, you don't have that network, the support network that a bigger company has, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and don't get me wrong. I mean, it's always a challenge. It's always it's always a challenge that, um, and you know what you're putting yourself through, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're getting at. You know, whether you're a corporation or a small business owner, you, you're still going to have challenges and struggles. And that's just, you know, the way of life. But, you know, that's one of the things that I like about what I'm doing is, you know, in doing what I'm doing with these interviews, I love helping small businesses. You know, I want to, you know, help get the word out. So hopefully, you know, by you doing this, you you'll see some growth and your customer base, you know, just by me helping, you know. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's one of the, you know, one of the reasons that, you know, we always wanted to put ourselves out there to, to make people aware that even if you have this small place, you know, you're trying to make something better or, or give to your customer something unique and, and, and something out of the box that no one really is doing it. And it's not easy. It's, it's hard, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, let's tying that back into what you said earlier, you know, your love of cooking and baking and, and doing this on your own, the passion that comes out in, in your foods, you know, you're, you're wanting to give, you know, your patrons a piece of you, you know, these dishes are, are you as the chef saying, this is what my creations are. Come test them and try them out and tell me how you love them. You know? Yeah. That's just, that's just, that's great. You know? Yeah. But again, you know, the biggest, the biggest question is, you know, a lot of people, we're still relatively very brand new. You know, we've been open for two months and people already asking me, would you do it again? Yeah, I'll do it again because now I know how to do it. Because yeah. <laughs> you've already been there, right? <laughs> I, I already, you know, I already did it. I already learned how to how to do it, and you know, you're in the funny. storm, man. And here you are, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Great. It's funny because I probably help open up, you know, through my career, probably open, also opening, probably twenty restaurants. Um, and they all were very successful restaurants and, you know, myself, um, I did open a bunch of them as a corporate chef for, for Zavino Hospitality Group. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really, I never really deal with, with what was behind everything, you know, going through the permits and right, and right. signing contracts with developers and, and, and. Um, that's a whole other side of it, right? That's that a whole noticed. completely different different thing. And right. hey, I wish I can go back and you know tell my boss, hey, let me learn how to do all this. Or when I open my place, it'll right. be easier on me. That's you great. never you never think of those things, and then when you know when the reality comes, it's like 
Jesus Christ, you want to pull your hairs out, you know? <laughs> what we have left, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Well, I tell you, I can't wait to get up there and, and try your food. I'll definitely be up there soon. But, uh, you know, one last question I wanted to, to ask you. I know um, you, since you've opened up, you know, after COVID, but how has the pandemic changed your business model? Has it affected you in any way since you recently opened? Um, to be honest, no, because I opened it right. I mean, everything kind of is back to normal. Um, although COVID kind of pushed me back because, uh, you know, I, I started planning to open up this restaurant early 2020. Okay. So literally the day when the city closed down, I was mm-hmm. on my way to city hall to drop off my blueprints to start the process of getting all the permits. Right. So my developer, you know, he and I were, were talking already for a month. And finally, he hands me the package and he's like, here it is. Finally, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to happen. We need to pay these permits. We need to start drop. We need to go to this to City Hall, LNI, and drop all this paperwork so we can start like the process. Right. I was like, great. I'll be there Monday morning. Calls me at 10 o'clock in the morning. He's like, don't even go. The city is shut down because of COVID. <laughs> the city is shut down. So that kind of pushed everything back until the end of 2020. Um, I, I guess I was lucky not to open it before COVID or, you know, get it ready and, and be ready to open up and then everything shuts down. You know, yes, I, will... I was going to mention that. I think it's a blessing in disguise, right? I mean, if you would have tried to open it in the middle of it and then you got shut down, this may have never happened, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. you, you could have not. This could have been a scratch due to you know COVID, but you know everything worked out the way it was, and here you are, and you're two months in, and you're up and running. Yeah, yeah, and it's going, it's going great. It's going. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very thankful to all the support that I've been getting, and you know. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. love to hear that. Yeah, it's it's always going to be challenges. It's always going to be difficulties through, you know, running the business. But hey, I sure. think the the worst the worst things already happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're we get through a, a pandemic like this we haven't seen in a hundred years. You know, we're on the, on the other side of this, and we're still standing and and moving forward. I think we can we can handle anything now. Let's just keep it moving, right? Move forward, you know. Did I lose you again? Chef. Are you there? Can you hear me? <laughs> oh no. Uh, all right. So in closing, how do we find you? What is your address, your restaurant? We find you on social media, just Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, so our social media Instagram is at El Chingon Philly. Um, and I'll put that in the show on... notes for us. What's up? 
I'll put that in the show notes for us as well, all the all the contact and your website, elchigonphilly.com. Yep. Awesome. All right. Any other thoughts you want to add before we close this up? Yeah, well, the um, address of the, of the restaurant is 1524 South 10th Street. We're right off of Passion Avenue. On- You've been listening to the QAC Team Podcast with your host, Charles Luttrell. Today, we took you beyond the restaurant table and into the kitchen with leaders and business owners in your community. For more information, visit us at qacteam.com or Facebook and Instagram at qac.team. Thanks for listening.